Good morning, church. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Welcome to the live stream audience. Turn to your animal and say, wake up. To your couch or to your family member, your friend, we want to welcome you here to Heart of the Father Ministry. I've uh, personally been on the phone all week with leaders from around the country. Uh, So many are in the fight are crying out, asking for wisdom, asking for creativity. I've had such a, a blessed time. I've got friends in Kentucky that are having drive-through church today uh, where the worship team is literally playing from the parking lot. The saints are in their cars. They're uh, peering through their sunroof. They're in the back of the bed of trucks. I'm telling you, it's going on all over the nation. And so... I believe that we're obviously in a real unique season of time in the earth and just want to encourage you uh, here as we're gathered that we're in no more faith than people who stayed at home are in fear. Please, let's not fight and bring division and attack one another uh, in an hour where we really need to be unified and we need to be focusing on the right things And really, we need our ear tuned into what heaven is saying. Amen? So would you just stand to your feet? Uh, I don't really think anybody woke up, so I'm going to help us wake up. And I won't do the annual hold the hand of your neighbor, as I'm famous for. If you want to, you can, but, uh, you know, you don't have to. But let's, let's agree corporately. I know we've got uh, folks watching online, and let's just ask God to help us maximize our time here together, that He would uh, highlight His Word to us, and that we would leave here today uh, being encouraged, inspired, uh, full of hope. Amen? All right, Father, in Jesus' name, we just are gathered here collectively in Lakeland. We thank you for the global church at large that's gathered in many ways and in many places all over the earth. Jesus, I just pray for grace to fix our eyes on you. Jesus, you wrote to the churches in the book of Revelation and said those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. God, we just ask for ears to hear, for eyes to see all over the earth what you are saying and what you are doing in the marvelous name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. You can be seated. If I had a title for this morning's message, it would be called The Days of Noah. The Days of Noah. And as I've been praying and preparing uh, for this morning's message, and as I mentioned, I'm constantly on the phone, spent a few hours with Dr. Michael Brown uh, yesterday, various leaders. I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of different places and a lot of different voices maybe what God is saying. And of course, I'm going to give you a little bit of my prophetic perspective, meaning what I'm really hearing God is doing right now on the earth. But I also would like to read you something that Mario Murillo Uh, put out just this morning. I do trust him as a reliable voice in the kingdom of God. And then I want to read you something by Lana Vosser 
from Australia, a friend of mine who I believe God is really using right now to speak to the body of Christ. But we're going to dive into the Word, and I believe the Lord wants to speak to us in a critical hour in the earth out of uh, the life of Noah. And interestingly enough, Noah is mentioned by Jesus Christ Himself in Matthew 24, and the writer of the Hebrews, Noah makes the, the Hall of Fame, the, 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 the great faith Hall of Fame. So I think it's pertinent that Noah is not just mentioned in the Old Testament in Genesis 6, but his story is mentioned in Matthew by Jesus himself. And also the writer of the Hebrews gives us just a small snapshot. So I'm going to try to tie everything in together. What does Jeremiah believe God is doing on a, a, a big global scale? I believe the Lord has spoken to me personally that we are in a 60-day window of time called a divine reset. Can you turn to your neighbor and say reset? In other words, the goal right now in the earth is not to hold on until this is over so that we can get back to business as usual. The goal is not to just hide out in your house, download all the Netflix that you can, you know, hang out by the refrigerator, you know, lots of funny memes and things going on. I don't know if you saw the one in the UK with the little boy whose mom tells him that they can't go out to eat anymore. And he starts pitching a total tantrum. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I've, I've watched it. Ten, it's hilarious. And she tells him, you're going to have to eat mom's cooking. And he, ah! I mean, he just goes, it, it is so funny. But there, there's, there, there's some comic relief going on out there. But anyways, I believe rather than using this time to veg out, we should straighten up. We should really be asking the Lord, what is it that you're trying to reset in my life, in my family? I was out driving around in Lakeland yesterday, and I just almost had this thought like, man, I wonder if this was the America that God imagined. You know, like where families are out riding their bikes and they're in their front yards and they're actually spending time together. I mean, I was just driving all over the city being like, this is so weird, but this is so how it should be. And I've been encouraged. I believe that many people are waking up, getting their priorities in order. So I want to encourage that. I believe God is going to speak even through the story of Noah. But we've got 60 days, I believe. And, and what, what I'll just finish saying is God has a unique way of using crisis to create a right climate in the earth. It's a little bit of a hope-filled, different perspective, but God is using crisis in the earth right now to create a climate to call forth a remnant people who will usher in the return of the Lord. God is using crisis in the earth to create the correct climate 
to call forth a generation who I believe will help to usher in the return of the Lord. So I want to prophetically declare to you, this is a season to arise and shine, not run and hide. Again, this is not a season to veg out and just hope to get back to business as usual. We need to be seeking the Lord, asking Him what has to change, what do I need to redirect or readjust in my life. So let me read you uh, Mario Murillo, what he is believing God is saying right now. He says this, The cry of my heart is that men and women of God who are cooped up will get fed up. My hope is that the vessels of God who are locked down will get fired up. I am asking God to ruin them for anything other than His work. I am hoping that God will hit them with a combination punch. A straight jab that will awaken anger over the spirit of death and despair that is suffocating the greatest nation on earth. Followed by a right hook that will disgust them to admitting that they have been living in the fear of what people think. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. All right, you locked in with me? I want you to see Satan yelling, Yo, mama! Right at you. Pastors, I want you to burn all your books on church growth and start praying against the sorry guru who suckered you into using their petrified programs. Get sick, not with a virus, but with yourself. Sick for letting boards and deacons scare you. Sick because you continually fretted over who you might offend. Sick because you stare out at the parking lot counting cars instead of looking up to heaven. And sick of the sermons that seem as if they were designed for Big Bird and the Cookie Monster. Yeah, I'll say it. My cry is that when the doors of Spirit-filled churches reopen, let them leave Sesame Street and get back to Azusa Street. Lena Vosser. There is a major shift that's taking place in the body of Christ in the earth right now. And things are not going to remain the same as they have during this Selah season. The Lord out of His extravagant love is drawing us as His people back into the garden to embrace the refining fire of the Lord. The shaking of God and the move of what He's doing shall come. It is such a beautiful invitation right now in the earth 
to lay ourselves down and our expectations of how we think it should look. Let go of control and fall into the beautiful arms of Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to have the reins. Allow the Holy Spirit to mold, craft, and shape what is to be the next steps for us in our journey. For many, many months, the Lord has been speaking to me about the unexpected. This is an era of the unexpected, and the way He moves is going to be extraordinary. He is going to lead His people into unexpected places and positioning that are far more glorious than we realize. But here's the key. If you are holding on to what you think it should look like, then we will miss some of the most glorious moves of the Spirit that He has prepared for us. You could say amen, you could say I receive it, you can say I reject it, but I just want to invite you into some of what God is saying and speaking to some reliable voices in the earth There's an alarm that's being sounded. We cannot brace. We cannot go into damage control. We have to be able to shift and adapt and get out in front of what God is saying and doing in the earth today. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew chapter 24 as we begin this message on the days of Noah. I want to give you five points. I'm going to take some of them from the New Testament and some of them from the actual life of Noah, but let's look at the words of Jesus concerning the days of Noah. Matthew 24, I want to begin reading in verse 38. For as in those days which were before the flood... They were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. They were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving themselves into marriage. What I want us to grab from this, real simply, it's not a deep sermon this morning, I promise. What Jesus, I believe, is trying to paint a picture of, point number one, is this. A business-as-usual mindset will be the prevailing attitude in the culture. A business as usual. I can't wait till Sister Corona dies out. I just, I can't wait till I can go do whatever I want again. That business as usual hunger for normalcy that's, that's in our culture today, that same mindset and attitude mark the days that Noah lived in all the way up until he stepped in into the ark. There's going to be a torrent. 
There's going to be an end time delusion and deception. There's going to be a whirlwind. There's going to be poison in the water. Drinking and eating and marrying. We've talked often in the past years at Heart of the Father, especially when I personally have been ministering about the nature of an alarm. An alarm goes wop, 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 wop. It's intended to wake you up, right? I mean, it's intended to get you out of a rhythm or a cadence. It makes your heart skip a beat if you like to scare people like I do. I hate to confess that. I just love the element of surprise, of of the thrill of the scare. But how many of you know when you're sleeping, and especially when you haven't got enough sleep, and that wop, wop, I mean, you're, you're sitting in bed trying to hit that, that side table, trying to slap that thing to silence. So it's almost like the more asleep that you are, the more that you're going to revolt against the nature of an alarm. The Lord said to me one day, the deeper the church falls asleep, the louder I'm going to yell. Imagine a father with a young boy, and the boy is walking out onto the highway, and there's a Mack truck about 100 feet away. I guarantee you, out of the love of that father, he would be screaming at the top of his lungs, Stop! He'd be yelling at his son. He'd be yelling at the Mack truck. He'd be yelling at heaven or earth. I believe in the earth today, God is sounding the alarm. I'm not here to debate whether the virus is the judgment of God, whether the virus is from the devil, whether the virus was engineered from some bat or some science lab. I'm not here to debate any of that. All that I'm saying is in the midst of what God is doing in the earth, there's a prevailing delusional spirit that has people going through the motions, a business-as-usual approach. They were eating and drinking and marrying all the way up to Noah entered the ark. And we could say, well, brother, that was like thousands of years ago. But keep reading in verse 39. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them away. So shall be the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, that same prevailing business as usual mindset and attitude that marked the days of Noah will mark the last day's church prior to His return. Are we willing to be an alarm? Are we willing to be an annoyance? Are we willing to speak the Word of the Lord without compromise? Do we fear God more than we fear man? 
I don't know if you've been watching online the gentleman in sackcloth and ashes who's gone to Bourbon Street preaching repentance. He's now in New York City preaching repentance. It's at like 20 million views. People are just gathering and they're watching, they're curious. If you talk to people in the medical field right now, they'll start talking to you about how the fear is tangible. Like they're, they're, we're in a divine moment. It's like the military would say, seize the day. God is looking for a church that is not going to react in the flesh, but will respond according to the Spirit of God in the moment of a crisis, a flood, a plague, an epidemic. We've got to recognize what we're up against. How are we doing? You realize what you're up against sitting here? you dared to come out sit in the church I was walking in the, the church here yesterday I kid you not it's a true story walking in the church here yesterday studying for this message and I'm telling you a homeless guy spooked the living daylights out of me I don't know where he came from all tattooed up all jacked up I mean I was like oh lord it's over they, they must have found me on the internet. And I'm telling you, this guy's eyes were bugged out. He was scared to death. And th this was totally unrehearsed. He walked up to me and said, brother, I need God. How about that for an evangelism? No, God did it. No, there's tremors and birth pangs going on. God is rattling and shaking the whole. What if people just started walking? There's no altar call. There's no salvation message. The Spirit of God Himself is releasing an alarm in the earth. I'm just wondering if the church is going to catch it. But no, we'll just hold on a couple of weeks until it blows over and we'll get back to doing what we're already doing, which doesn't work. I believe that God right now is raising up a remnant church in this hour. Many of you might have written my, uh, read my book that I wrote called The Power of Consecration. A prophetic word to the church. I wrote it, I believe, in 2017 or 18. And I had an encounter with the Lord where I spent about a six-month period peering into what I believe was, was a vision, if you will, of the end times. And the Lord told me, Jeremiah, there will be two dueling brides that will rise in the earth prior to my return. There'll be two dueling brides. There will be the harlot bride, and then there will be the consecrated bride. The Lord told me the harlot bride, how, that you, how you'll recognize her is that there'll be no difference between her and the world because she will marry herself to it. 
When you walk into those services and those places, it will feel like you're in some kind of club and entertainment venue. But then the Lord said there'd be a consecrated bride that he would rise in the earth that would separate themselves, that will turn, tune their ear into heaven, and that they would help to usher in his return. I believe after this divine reset in the earth, now more than ever in the days ahead, you will begin to recognize and see the difference between the harlot brides and the consecrated brides. They did not understand until the flood came. Turn it over to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at the writer of the Hebrews, his brief commentary on the days of Noah. Isn't that so cool? He made the wall of the hall of fame. Not very many of them made it. Hebrews 11:7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. I believe that God right now is calling on the global church to transition out of being an entertainment-driven, people-centered type of model into becoming a literal ark of God's presence where we will literally begin to house and become a safe place where the, I wish I didn't have to preach this morning. Where, where there would be a distinguishing mark between the arcs of God's presence and any other place that would rather prostitute themselves with the culture of the day rather than separate themselves unto God. I believe that we're in a season of divine reset where God is going after households. God is coming after the family unit. People that have worked and moms and dads that have been separated. I'm prophesying to you there are many moms and dads who have been putting their children in public school that as a result of this divine reset will become homeschool moms and dads. I'm prophesying to you people are not going to go back to business as usual. God is waking up his people he's sounding the alarm he's speaking to pastors and leaders who are aching right now who are who are frantic over oh my gosh the finances aren't going to come in oh my gosh what are we going to do there's a divine reset the spirit of God is coming to speak to his people and the question is do we have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of God is doing in this hour. 
Are we ready to walk out of this crisis triumphant? Are we ready to walk out of this crisis willing to never go back again? I'm prophesying to you that marriages are going to be restored. Mom and dad separated because of workaholicism. Mom and dad separated. God is bringing the family unit back together. There's a revival coming to America and the nations of the earth called family, called healthy marriage. We've been preaching it here since the doors open. Why not now? Why not rise up and emerge with a good, hopeful word from God? Why not speak up and out in an hour of crisis and say, I'm not going to believe the prevailing news reports. Donald Trump said, hey, I'm believing that churches would be filled on Easter Sunday. Why are we contending against that? If you believed he spoke from God, I'm going to get in trouble. We believe he spoke from God weeks ago. Well, we better keep believing that he's speaking from God now. I believe people that have attended church their entire life are about to wake up. I believe people that have attended church their entire life that felt like they haven't fit in they can't do the programs. They can't do the business as usual. They're going to feel more alive in the earth right now than ever before. Amen. I prophesied several weeks ago that songs are about to be written from heaven that will penetrate the earth like never before. I'm asking you, would you pray with me? Would you believe with me that God is using this critical hour in the earth? He really can use crisis as a good father. I believe a good father will use whatever means are necessary to get their sons and daughters to destiny. If you need a spanking, I'll give you a spanking. But if you want to obey me, I don't need to give you a spanking. Can anybody wave at me and say amen? Father, I've I, I just been hitting my knees in the mornings like, Father, have your way. Father, I don't want to miss this divine opportunity, this moment in the earth. If you're trying to rattle something or shake something loose, if you're trying to mess with my theology, Father, if the way that I've thought about your kingdom, if the way that I've thought about finances... I'm already, my, my wife and I have already been praying in secret, saying, Lord, how can we be generous in this time? Not, oh, God, the economy, and let's just not give to anyone, and let's not be generous, because I don't know what's going to happen. No, let's be generous in a season of famine. Let's believe that the blessing of God will follow those who are obedient to Him. What are you saying? I'm saying let's be kingdom people. Let's say yes to the upside down. 
What spirit of you? I, I want the Caleb spirit. I want to run toward the battle, not run away from it. I've been telling my wife at night, I literally believe I was born into the earth for such a time as this. When things are spiraling, people are going wacko crazy, I'm like getting excited. I'm laughing in my chair. I'm saying, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. And I, I'm trying to encourage you, not warn you, but listen, if you start drinking the Kool-Aid I'm trying to serve this morning, people will think you're little Looney Tunes. I mean, when crisis and calamity and pestilence starts coming and you're unmoved and you start preaching a kingdom that we have inherited that cannot be shaken, when you start preaching and walking and people are going to get rattled. They're going to think you're a little cuckoo. Well, yeah, you're right. I am a little cuckoo. I'm going to heaven and I'm inheriting it right now. What a word of exhortation from Father Barry to start the service. Hey, I've got good news for you in the midst of the virus. You're already dead. Right, we need to tweet that. Send that to T.D. Jakes or somebody with the gazillion followers. All right, number one, business as usual is going to be the prevailing mindset that tries to cripple and tries to invade the global church when this season of reset is over. I want to encourage you, don't point your finger at this church or that leader. Point the finger in the mirror and say, Lord, how can me and my household make the necessary adjustments to get into alignment with your will? The business as usual, number one. Number two, arcs of God's presence. I believe God is trying to transition the global church out of an entertainment drive-through mentality into arcs of God's presence where there's safety and there's security and there's healing. And just as Noah gathered up his household, I want to encourage you, get people on the phone. Ask them the hard questions. We're getting ready to get there. I feel in the Spirit yesterday as I prayed, some of the easiest salvations you've ever heard of will come in the next 60 days. People will just simply bow under the weight and the fear and the turmoil, and the only one that they'll have to turn to is Jesus. What if that prodigal and that person ran all the way out in the middle of nowhere and they thought they were running away and really they were running right into the arms of a loving father? It's one of my primary prayers right now. Lord, get the prodigals. Lord, those people that have been running, God, those sons and daughters, Call them up on the phone and say, how are you doing with the fear? Talk to me about the anxiety. Talk to me about how you've thought about death in the last 24 hours. 
Ask the questions. Turn to Genesis chapter 6. Are you with me? I promise we're going somewhere. Genesis chapter 6. So I've given you two points so far from the commentary on Noah that I believe God is speaking to the global church right now. I also just want to speak over heart of the Father that I'm so grateful that this is a place that does not bow to the culture around us. I'm so glad that we have an elder team and a staff here who inclines their ear to heaven, who genuinely desires that the presence of God would move in this place. If you're here this morning, let's just say amen. Thank you, Lord. Come on, even the babies are crying out. Genesis 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from the man to animals to creeping things and to the birds of the sky. For I am sorry that I have made them. Verse 8. Would you underline that? Oh, I get so excited reading verse 8. In the midst of crisis in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of exile. You read over and over in the Old Testament, Babylon came in, Persia came in, but even in the midst of exile, there was Nehemiah, there was Daniel and the boys. In the midst of the famine and the heartache of God in the days of Noah, it says, but Noah found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord. There is a cry in my spirit today as I stand before you, God, I want to be that man. I want to be that man in the earth, in the midst of the coronavirus, where it gives the description of the deaths. It gives the description of the disease. And then it says, in New York City, in the midst of the death and the disease, so-and-so found favor in the sight of God. Put it on your prayer, prayer card. God, I want to be that man of favor. I want to be that woman of favor. How did he find favor? Let me read you just a couple of, of scriptures. 2 Chronicles 16.5 For the eyes of the Lord search the earth to strengthen those who go to church on Sunday. Oh. You guys know this passage? Most people don't read the verse after because it says, For you acted foolishly and didn't do this. For the eyes of the Lord are searching the whole earth right now, looking to strengthen hearts who are fully committed to Him. 
Noah was a man who found favor in the sight of God. We're going to read verse 9. But what you'll notice about Noah is he was a man who operated in wholehearted obedience to his God. Proverbs 15.3 The eyes of the Lord are in every place. I thought that was a good one for parents to give to their kids. The eyes of the Lord are, you You can run, but you can't hide. If you're lying to me, God knows. The eyes of the Lord are in every place observing good and evil. What if the eyes of God are searching the earth in the midst of the coronavirus looking to grant men and women unusual favor and grace because they were faithful in the place of prayer and the word God restored their marriage. They stooped down and looked their kids in the eyes. What if in the midst of famine and pestilence and shaking and fear, God says, I found my man or woman. What if in 60 days out of obedience we could get the mind and heart of God and make up for 60 years? See, I'm preaching out of the gift of faith. Because I believe if some people will grab hold of what God is saying in the next 60 days and run after the Lord with all their mind, all their heart, and all their soul, He will reset you in such a way that He will give back to you what the devil stole from you and what you forfeited out of your own disobedience. God, I'm asking in this hour in the earth that you would awaken your people, O oh God. That you would call forth an end-time army in the earth. A remnant of people that will not back down on a day of battle. I want the favor of God. I want the blessing. I want to be like a tree planted by streams of water that prospers, whose leaf does not wither. There's stories all in the Bible where the righteous prospered and flourished in seasons of drought. So who are we listening to? What are we watching? Oh, God, I don't need a check. I better not. I better not. Hello, Lord. Bless whoever preaches next Sunday. Hope you're here in my heart. I just feel that we cannot afford to waste these days in the earth. Number one, business as usual will be the prevailing mindset that will try to attack the global church. Number two, arcs of God's presence will arise that will penetrate households. Number three, number three fine favor in God's eyes 
by divine obedience. Excuse me, by wholehearted obedience. Find favor in God's eyes by wholehearted obedience. I believe Corey Russell has been quoted as saying that small hinges unlock big doors. In other words, small, consistent acts of obedience and faithfulness open up big doors in the Spirit. I'm praying and I'm believing that as we seek God and we press in and we prioritize what's most important that God is going to clearly mark and highlight. I, I, just, I even believe over the next 60 days that voices that we've not heard from in the earth are about to emerge because they've been found faithful. This is a, a, a divine moment in time. It says in verse 9 here, Genesis 6-9, I'll, I'll land the plane. These are the records of the generation of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Noah was blameless in his time. I want you to circle those three words, in his time. They've been like jumping out at me for the last two weeks, in his time, in his time. And as I started praying this in his time, in his time, I felt like the Father spoke back to me and said, Do you recognize your time? How many of us have got hit at one point or another? I happen to believe if it's going to happen at all, it should probably be hitting you right now. Have you ever thought about you could have been born into any generation, into any season in the entire earth, but God himself chose to put you in a family. He chose to insert you into the corridor of time and say, I'm going to put David Vespa as a shepherd of my people in 2020. I'm going to, ins I'm going to take him out of 30-something years of work where he didn't have a whole lot of time, did the best, but now I'm inserting him and you, you're, 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 um, your timeline in full-time ministry is like it started in the midst of a pestilence and a plague. That, that's like the beginning of the story for a guy like Dave. But whatever your story is, have we just got hit with, you guys heard that Jake Hamilton song? It's like my favorite song in our car that I blast with my kids and they scream at the top of their lungs. It just makes me so happy. Wake up, child. It's your time to shine. You were born for such a time as this. This is the anthem of a generation. Here we are, God. Touch our nation. All we need is you. You're captivating us. I am royalty. I have destiny. Dude, my little six-year-old and eight-year-old, they're just screaming that at the top. I and mean, I'm just, I'm like just 
just bubbling as a father driving down the road saying, yeah, yeah, that you just wouldn't go with the current and bow to peer pressure and fit in. At six and eight and four, you recognized that you were born for such a time in the earth that you are fully capable of inheriting the favor of, I feel like the Lord's calling out people in this room. That the finger of God is pointing at you right now, saying you might have been unaware of some of these things so far the last few weeks, but game is on right now. I believe God is talking to people on the internet right now that your day and your time is right now. You have been prepared for uncertain days where the hand of God is going to mark you and consecrate you like never before. But it says Noah was blameless in his time. It says about David, you might remember this, Acts 13, 36. For David, after having served the purposes of God, when? In his generation. For David, after serving the purposes of God, in his, in other words, in his time and in his day, then he fell asleep. God is looking for a people in the earth who will recognize the time and the season in which we are living and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do now in this day and age? Because there are things happening in the earth today that have never happened. I just get excited again. Thank you, Lord, that there's permission to not go through the motions and not just to dream about a little of this or a little of that. But God, give me an idea. Give me an invention. Give me a message. Give me something that will be relevant to the crisis, to the culture that I live in. Lord, I want it now. Noah in his time, David in his generation, maybe my favorite, Esther. She's our girl. Listen to this. This will mess with your theology. This stuff has always rattled me because we like to hear, well, there's still time. Don't worry. You'll get around to it. It'll come back around. Just relax. Just rest. Just chill out. Just wait till Corona blows over in a few weeks and then we'll get back to business as usual. Esther 4.14 For if you remain silent, circle it, at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I believe the Father in heaven right now is shouting out over the earth, who knows? 
I mean, here, here's where I come. Here's where Jeremiah, when I read this, I'm thinking, man, God is basically saying to Esther, I've raised you up. I've appointed you for such a time as this. But if you don't want to speak, you'll die and I'll anoint someone else. I don't know if you've heard the stories of many of the great faith healers. One of them, Catherine Kuhlman, she testified. Somebody asked her, well, you're a woman. Why has God raised you up? And and she says that the Lord said, God said, I tried to give this gift and this anointing to, was it three others? Two, one? I mean, anyways, one other person, but Lord, I don't want that to be the narrative of my life. Jeremiah, I called you, I formed you in your mother's womb, I raised you up in the earth, and you just, for whatever reason, didn't want to speak forth my word, didn't want to be faithful and obedient, so I'll just use someone else's. I believe there's a healthy sense of urgency. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm really not. I don't want you to say, oh God, I'm going to miss it. But I think there's always a healthy sense of, yeah, but what if you do? That's what has driven me to the place of prayer and spiritual hunger. And the Bible says that a clear conscience makes a soft pillow. So for me, like at the end of the day when I lay in my bed, I just want to say to the Lord, God, I did everything that I knew how to do. And if I missed it, I'm sorry. Versus, I don't want to be that guy that didn't do anything and ate potato chips and hung onto the fridge during Corona. And, and vegged on Netflix and, oh God, I'm called, Lord, help me. For such a time as this. Point number four, recognize the significance of time. We've only got one more. Recognize the significance of time. You'll probably remember Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. There's something about a divine window of time in the earth. I don't know if you've ever felt those seasons where a door is opening or a window is opening. If you don't walk through it, it will never be open again. I believe prophetically that we're in a divine window of time and opportunity. I'm daring to ask you here in this room and online, will we walk through this door in this window or will we not? Number five and finally, maybe what's most down at the bottom of my spirit kind of cheated and took this from the book of Joel. So, Joel 1, verse 2, I believe it applies to the days of Noah. In Joel's day, he stood between two crises. There was a coming 
famine, a plague of locusts that was going to eat up the economy. And then there was going to be another one, military crisis that would come and devour the land. And in Joel chapter 1 verse 2, he addresses the elders and he says this. Has anything like this ever happened before? Point, my point number five is this. Don't be afraid to ask difficult questions. Joel in his day recognizes the severity in his day of the judgment of the Lord. And as a prophet, he rises up and he says, Has anything like this ever happened? Yes, you could stand up in any part of the world right now for all of time and ask this same question. Has America ever been shut down like we're shut down right now? Has there ever been a type of global crisis and pandemonium with, I'm not going to argue, but with whatever kind of facts there are really, has there ever been a day in history like this? To make it practical and personal, what kind of hard questions should be you be asking yourself right now in this crisis? Folks, I believe all over the earth, and I realize a lot of this message is not, you know, it, it's global. It, it's, it's a wide range of people. But I'm telling you, people all over the earth are literally, they're sitting at home asking, the, like, what am I doing? Fathers are at home. And their kids are crawling up in their lap. And they're working 80, 100 hours a week flying all around. And they're literally at, what am I doing? All of a sudden, broken marriages are being forced back together in the same home. And they're asking themselves, what am I doing? Is the money really worth it? I'm telling you, people are attending drive-through entertainment, going through the motions, sitting at home trying to figure out if they like this or that and thinking, what am I doing? What God do I serve? Oh, I can't go to the gym anymore? Maybe that was your God. Notice how I wasn't pointing toward Will Williams. But hey, however the Spirit convicts. I mean, what, 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 whatever, NBA, NFL, oh, I can't, I can't flip on the tele. What am I doing? Joel cries out in his day and he says, is there anything ever been like this? Again, I don't, I'm not here to encourage fear in any way concerning the virus, but I am not here to encourage ignorance either. You don't have to fear and you also don't have to act like things aren't literally spiraling out of control in the whole universe. But in the midst of it, 
out of the life of Noah. I believe again, and I just want to point these out to you one more time so that you can pray through them. One, be on alert that the business as usual, there's going to be a tendency personally and corporately just to revert, go back to the same thing. Go back to the same. Would Could we pray in our marriages, in our families, in our churches, God, if you're giving a window of time to readjust, to fast again, to pray again, to get a different kind of plan, let's be faithful to do that and let's pray for one another. And out of this crisis, God might speak to one place to do this, and he might speak to one couple to do this. That's all right. May we each be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Number two, the arcs of his presence. God is, I believe, in our homes and in the church corporately, the ark, that, that kind of family, household emphasis is coming we got to find favor in God's eyes by wholehearted obedience I pray today as we leave and even this week that the father in his kindness would point and touch things in our lives that are not in alignment with him number four we have to recognize the significance of time Esther was born for such a time as this. Noah in his time. David was faithful to the Lord in his generation. God is looking for a people in this generation, in this time and season that will rise up and obey him. And then fifth and finally, don't be afraid to ask the hard questions. can really be so simple. We shut off everything last night as a married couple in, our, in the Johnson home. And Morgan and I just simply said, how can I connect with you in a deeper way emotionally and spiritually? I don't know what, what the, what, when everything slows down and the, Lord, how can I partner with you? How can I obey you? How can I be a blessing? Lord, what can I do? Would you stand to your feet with me? We want to thank you for joining us online and in whatever way that you would like to Respond now, but I, I just want to pray for us. I believe that the Bible is full of hours of crisis and unique circumstances where he gave his people solutions. He gave his people courage. I believe out of the life of Noah, God is speaking to his people today. And would you just bow your heads with me? I want to Pray for two things. Let's pray now. Father, Lord, I lift up myself, my family, my brothers and sisters that are here in this room, those that are watching online, Lord, from 
wherever they live. God, we ask, Father, Father of lights, would you just shine your light down on us now? God, we're willing and we're able just to stand bare before you, asking God in this divine moment, this season of reset, Lord, would you search our motives, our attitudes, our hearts? God, would you expose anything in us that doesn't please you? God, we're asking that you would bring us into alignment with your will. Just want to take about 30 seconds and just give you just a short window with the Lord now. If anything's stirring in you, any of the points that really grabbed a hold of you, just talk to the Lord about it. Just take 30 seconds.